Blog Talk Radio. talk we don't like to guarantee a lot here but i will guarantee you tonight that this show will be more entertaining than the true blood finale so there you go tune in tell your friends get on board we're going to be talking wrestling get you ready for monday night raw taking you right up till eight o'clock if you happen to be in the rockland county area come on down to the Peppermill south congress new york uh we got monday night raw on there every monday night we got the sound on there dollar fifty tacos so Come on down. We'll be down there. Producer Michelle is going to be tending bars, so come on down. Watch the little Monday Night Raw each and every Monday at the Peppermill South in Congress, New York. You can go and check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. You can also, if tweeting's your thing, you like to do the tweeting, check us out on Twitter, at The Ken Reedy Show is our Twitter handle. And you can go over to our website, TheKenReedyShow.com. We embrace the technology. You want to start talking, you know, give us a call, 347-838-9815. But you head on over to our Facebook page. We've got a show chat going on right there. And we'll have a Monday Night Raw chat a little later on during Monday Night Raw. Got a lot to talk about in this wacky world of pro wrestling. We're in, you know, it's funny because we talked a lot about being in SummerSlam season. Now it's, it's kind of SummerSlam fallout uh, as we head into... Uh, Night of Champions in a few weeks, lots of stuff to sort through going into that pay-per-view as we start moving into uh, the Night of Champions season, if you will. As always, i got my tag team partner on the line, and he's ready to talk wrestling because he is always ready. Dave, how you doing this evening? I'm doing good. Like you said, always ready to talk wrestling, so let's get to it. You know, I want to start as we, like, you know, flush the format, so to speak, and, uh, you know, we have a lot of things that we kind of schedule and then put in their proper places in the show, but uh, we had kind of a new segment that, you know, we haven't done every show. It's just, uh, you know, sometimes we throw it in, sometimes we don't, and I figured why not open the show? And the segment we've done a few times is, what have you watched this week on the WWE Network, which happens to be only nine ninety nine a month, but, uh, you know, there's so many things to watch. I think it's interesting to see what people are taking in on the network, and, uh, you know, for me this week, uh, I caught the Monday Night Wars, the first episode of the Monday Night Wars, and uh, 
It was pretty good. I gotta say, Dave, it was it was a pretty good program. Um, interesting, you know, it, it's it's weird. I, I guess for me, I just love. I can watch anything of of that era of that time period. Um, you know, I think the Monday Night Wars, so to speak. Uh, you know, will never. I, you know, it, it's not covered enough in mainstream media uh, because it, it's something that never really happened before and will probably will never happen again as far as two entertainment entities going at each other the way these two companies went at each other. And it's a very, um, it's just a historical time period as far as TV and uh, entertainment. So I, I, I enjoy anything uh, giving me a little more perspective on that era. Um, interesting, it, it, it didn't tell me a lot of stuff that I didn't already know. But what I did like about it is, is when you watch things like this in documentary form, you know, you watch a two-hour documentary, they've got to move a little quicker. Um, this documentary, you know, the first episode, the first hour, um, you know, you, you got to go a little bit more in-depth into the real early stages of, of the Monday Night Wars and the precursors uh, to the Monday Night Wars. And uh, I found that really interesting. You know, within an hour on a documentary, you're probably already past or at least getting to the formation of the NWO. This was well before, I mean, it basically in the hour got right up to where, uh, you know, WCW signed Hulk Hogan and Macho Man. That was like the latter half of the, uh, um, the hour episode. And then seeing where uh, Monday Nitro began and Lex Luger and his infamous appearance on uh, Monday Nitro. So, I like the fact that it's a little more in-depth. I'm looking forward to future episodes. But So I would say as a wrestling fan, I would wholeheartedly recommend uh, the Monday Night Wars. But that's what I caught this week on the network. How about you, Dave? Yeah, I watched that as well, and uh, I agree with you. I, I think it was uh, produced very well. What I liked about it, um, because I'm a big you know wrestling documentary buff, I buy a lot of the DVDs that have the documentaries because I it's, the WWE produces that kind of stuff very well, second to none. And uh, I have the original Monday Night War DVD from 2004, and there were a lot of names that were left off that DVD. It had come across very one-sided, very WWE opinionated to how that that war took place in the production of that DVD. So, um, you know, Ten years later, a decade later, you have different, you know, some different names. Some of the same footage, but like you said, more in depth. The real early days, stuff that was kind of glossed over and not discussed in the previous DVD, um, helped made for a, a better production of this Monday Night War series. And I'm sure it's going to get better as time goes on. There, like, like I said, Lex Luger was on the first episode, being interviewed about how he how he uh, made the jump. And was a surprise on the inaugural Nitro. They didn't discuss that. Um, they didn't discuss it with him on the original Monday Night Wars DVD. So it's good that they had that, you know, that newer content and the, and the newer interviews and to to really enhance that 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 production. Um, I watched in particular the uh, the journey to SummerSlam, the destruction of the Shield, and I thought it was an excellent one-hour documentary. It told you know a story about how all three guys got to WWE. Um, they showed some rare footage from the independent scene of uh, a young Seth Rollins who was known as Tyler Black in uh, in Ring of Honor, Dean Ambrose from Dragon Gate USA, and they showed some stuff from uh, Roman Reigns' early days in WWE developmental and just how they got to where they're at now. And, of course, the story of them being the Shield. Um, excellent piece for a one-hour documentary. Um, 
you know, I, I there's an interesting story. Apparently, Seth Rollins wasn't sought out by WWE. He sought them out. And apparently, he had called uh, John Laurinaitis, the executive vice president of talent relations at the time, and basically said, if you're not going to sign me, I'm just going to go sign with somebody else. And Laurinaitis called him back, and he ended up getting a, a contract with them. Um, Rollins was the first NXT heavyweight champion. Apparently, he butted heads with a lot of guys down in, in uh, developmental. Um but just the overall production, the progression of these guys from beginning to now, I thought it was really good, and it was done very well in an hour. I'm sure there's more stories to to discuss, but um, it kind of had everything come full circle to SummerSlam, and of course the match with Ambrose Rounds and uh, Reigns match with Randy Orton. But it was very well done, um, and I, like I said, I'm a big documentary buff when it comes to wrestling, so I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, I definitely got to make sure I catch that. I mean, I saw um, a preview footage, uh, stuff with Ambrose, and, and it looked very interesting. So I definitely got to catch that. So that's what we watched on the network this week. Um, interesting stuff, though. You know, with, when it comes to Rollins and Ambrose, and uh, it, it's interesting looking at right now where the Shield is going and how they progress now that they split them up. And, and I got to say, first off, um, Man, I, I can, you know, what the hell? Put Ambrose and Rollins on every week. Those guys, you know, the, the in-ring chemistry that those two have, um, you know, what they can bring to the table. I, I mean, you know, the, I, I mean, you have guys that can go out there and they can go and they can put on five-star matches. But one of those things that's got to be difficult for any sort of performer is to, to do it, like, in back-to-back nights. And, and I, you know, there, there's a lot of good matches on SummerSlam. I could be up for debate, but for my money, uh, Ambrose and Rollins stole the show at SummerSlam, and they're able to come back on Monday Night Raw and, and continue to, to wow audiences. Um, you know, last week's match on Monday Night Raw, phenomenal matchup again with these two. And like I said, I could see these guys go every single week. I mean, just put them on every week. It looks like Ambrose might be gone for a little bit. Um, you know, it, it begs the question, though, where... Are we going? Where are we going with the Shield? Who's progressing well? And interesting, and we talked about it a ton on the show to the point where, like, you know, we garnered some criticism, but we call it as we see him. When the Shield was together, we saw Reigns as a bona fide star, and we had Ambrose in a distant third place as far as star value. Uh, didn't see a lot coming out of him when he was when he was in the Shield, and I know that the internet blew up when we said things like that, but facts are facts. In the WWE, Dean Ambrose was a distant third place while a member of the Shield. However, fair is fair. As far as progressing as a singles competitor, I got to, you know, Ambrose moves to the top of the class, and everyone out there who thought the Shield breaking up, oh, don't break up the Shield, it's too soon, oh, God, I love the Shield. Ah! It's the best thing that could have happened at Dean Ambrose. I, I'm just so impressed with what he's bringing to the table right now, Dave, um, both in the ring and on the microphone. Uh, now, all of a sudden, as a solo competitor, Ambrose has definitely got the makings of, of being a, a big-time superstar in this business. Oh, absolutely. I mean, all three guys do, in my opinion. That's what was so great about this this uh, Shield special that aired on the WWE Network for only nine 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 a month. Um, was that 
they showed the beginnings of these guys, all three of them, and Ambrose in particular. And what what we see now on TV, um, as far as his character, his personality, has he he's been that way for you know quite a while in Dragon Gate USA in Combat Zone Wrestling, and, and I think being in the Shield for him, he had handcuffs put on him in a, in a lot of ways because. He couldn't let that personality outshine the other two because the whole point of that gimmick was that they were all a united front and they were all leaders in a way. And there was no, there was no one guy that was ahead of the others um, throughout the, the, the majority of that run as a, as a unit. So uh, I, I think what wrestling fans and WWE fans are missing now with Ambrose is the in-ring stuff. I mean, He's a lunatic, and he's got you know this, this crazy personality. So he's kind of got an unorthodox, brawling kind of style, um, which he which he had a lot of those elements being in you know combat zone wrestling, which was basically an, an ECW knockoff. Um, but his Dragon Gate stuff and his in ring work, I mean, phenomenal, phenomenal. Technically, one of the most creative wrestlers out there. And you haven't even seen that yet on WWE television. So um, he does have the, the, the makings of being a, a huge star in WWE. Like I said, all three of them do. Um, but I would I would have to say, and I would agree with you that you know during the run of the Shield, we you know you and I both said on the show that Roman Reigns is going to be the man. He's going to be the the heir apparent to the throne. And I still believe that. I'm not jumping off that bandwagon, but. Uh, the best thing for it to happen to Ambrose was this breakup because now he got to be himself and he got to, to really show his ability as, as a singles competitor. Um, and I think as time goes on, each one will go through a period where they're outshining the other. Right now Ambrose is outshining both of them. But I think with Ambrose gone, now will be an opportunity for Rounds and Reigns to, to prove why they deserve to be the man and at the top of, and at the, top of the WWE. And essentially, you know, one of the things that I said at the top of the show, you know, I've gotten a, I've finally finagled the bar to play Raw with the sound on uh, every week. Um, but essentially, you know, because when you watch wrestling, it's so different watching it with a group as opposed to watching it by yourself. And, uh, you know, both ways have their, their advantages and disadvantages. Um, but it's interesting to, to get to watch and see, you know, different people's reactions. And I got to tell you, man, last week, uh, the, the ice bucket challenge, uh, when, when Ambrose dumped the bucket on Rollins and uh, when Rollins turned around, he just looked at him and said, what? It's for charity. And then hit him in the face with the bucket. The whole bar was cracking up. I mean, it was such a great spot. Um, you know, he just has, you know, like you said, he's, he's real quirky. He's got a unique delivery as far as his promos. He's got unique in-ring style. Um, so, you know, right now, at this moment in time, uh, post-Shield, you know, Ambrose moves to the head of the class. Um, what's interesting, and, and, you know, we talked a lot about this on our pre-show, and, and you know, I think Ambrose, part of the reason is that he's kind of been able to embrace uh, his uniqueness. And, and speaking on uniqueness, it's interesting that, you know, the other two – you have Rollins, who, all right, he turned on the group, he turned heel. Um, but his look is, is very similar uh, to his shield look. Um, you know, kind of mixed in a little snake Pliskin. And, 
you know, away we go with his outfit. And Reigns is just, you know, he, he's almost, he's just the, the, the lone member of the Shield. Uh, same outfit, same music, same entrance. Um, you know, I mean, part of what I think is making Ambrose great is, you know, the, the wife beater, the jeans. The, like, he is just, he is completely broken away from what was the Shield. Um, you know, maybe Rollins should change his outfit a little more, and definitely I, I think we need something different out of Reigns. And I agree with you. I still think Reigns the heir apparent. I'm still high on Reigns. I, I, I think there's a, a lot there and a lot of potential. However, you know, and we discussed this in our pre-show, you know, to me it's like when, when Reigns is coming down to the Shield music with the Shield entrance, it's like that guy who is, you know, a sophomore in college, but is still wearing his high school varsity jacket, and he thinks it's really cool. You know, he's just hanging on to, to what used to be, and uh, it's not good for Reigns to, to be hanging on to that. If he's going to be the breakout star, you know, I'd like to see a new look, new music, new entrance, uh, just, I mean, something just to kind of, I mean, I think you said it, Dave, when we were talking uh before the show, it's like he's a one-man shield. So I, I don't think it's necessarily an accident that we're looking at Ambrose as really the breakout star uh, in the shield at this moment, and he's completely changed uh, his look and everything as far in reference to what he was in the shield. Well, yeah, um, he, he was the one that did it right when it came down to the split and not having any association with the shield. Um, Watching that special, they had showed you know Roman Reigns' you know ascent from develop, WWE developmental to, to to currently now, and you know when he started out in Florida Championship Wrestling and in you know NXT, he had a completely different look. He had you know the trunks with knee pads and black boots, and he had some more uh, definition in his you know upper torso area and you know his abs, and he had a really good look about him, and the long hair and the girls go crazy for it when he flips the hair. He's got that, like, I would just, like they say in wrestling, that it factor. There's just something there that gravitates people to him. And I think if they would kind of go back to, to that look that he had down in NXT and tweak his personality a little bit, you know, you always can, you know, Paul Heyman used to say, uh, you know, when he used to take talent, he would accentuate the positives and camouflage the negatives. Well, you know, there's certain things that you can camouflage with him. His, his speaking ability isn't the best right now, but I think that will come over time. But if you were to take his entrance, I like the coming through the crowd entrance. It's something a little bit different. Was it good for the Shield? Yes. Do I think that Roman Reigns could still kind of keep that? Yeah, I think that sets him apart with supposed to being every other guy that comes out of the curtain down the ramp from the Titan truck. And I think that's what could help make him a bigger star is having something different like that. But if you if you gave him a different look, got rid of the vest, got rid of the, the, the Call of Duty black ops gear, and you kind of added a little bit of a Goldberg touch to it. I know I might be ruffling, you know, some people's feathers when I drop that name, but just hear me out here. You take a little bit of that Goldberg element and kind of accentuate how bad of a man he really is by maybe having like them film him coming through the concession stands with police or security and then he gets down to the the to the, to the top of the, the 
the stairway, and you have security there kind of shielding him off from all the people because he's that dangerous of a guy. He's a badass, you know? I think if you kind of maybe added that element, change his look up a little bit, I think it would, I think it would help him grow as a performer and, uh, and, and help him and set him apart from the rest. Rollins, definitely. Rollins, they, they showed old footage him. He had kick pads and, uh, and, and tights. He, he looked a lot like CM Punk. He looked like what most of those guys from Ring of Honor look like. They all look the same down there. Um, so I think maybe changing his look up a little bit would help up here in WWE as well. Um, but overall, I mean, the progression has been, has been great. And they're not, all three of them are not doing a bad thing. It's just one is just better than the other at this point. And like I said, Ambrose is sitting out for a little while. He's going to be filming a movie. He won't be gone that long, but he'll be filming a movie. So now here's an opportunity for Reigns and Rollins to, to show why they deserve to be at the top of the heap in WWE. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really interesting to see it. And, you know, I do think, you know, as you watch the Shield progress and you watch them as a faction and, and now you see them splitting apart, and, and, you know, you, you had the, the stories uh, a while back with The Undertaker in the locker room saying, uh, you know, these guys are the future of the business. And, you know, it, it's really becoming very apparent that, that Taker hit the nail on the head. And, then you know, go figure. I mean, Taker knows what he's talking about. And uh, it, it's just one of those, like, really cool things to watch uh these three young stars uh, evolve and, you know, very talented and, and the sky's the limit at a, at, you know, for all three of these guys. And, and who knows? I mean, with the way things are progressing, I mean, Reigns looks like he's the heir apparent and could be the heir apparent, but who knows? Maybe somebody else uh, takes over that spot. It's just been really interesting. And, and you know, you start to think and, and not to get like way too far in the future, but, the way things are going with, with these three individuals and, and the heights that they could all achieve, you know, down the road a piece, uh, when all three of these guys find themselves on the same side of things, and let's face it, it's wrestling. At some point in time in the future, all three of these guys are going to be faces or heels at the same time. Um, the night that they decide, for whatever reason, that... Uh, the Shield is going to reunite for one night only. Uh, it's just going to be a, a tremendous moment. But, uh, you know, it, it's – I mean, it, it's, it's interesting to see. You know, I don't think you kind of – you don't always get this. You know, sometimes you, you see someone early in their career and, and you can tell that they're going to be a star. As a, as a fan, sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong. Uh, as a wrestling fan, I am really into seeing, you know, these guys – and you can kind of throw a guy like Bray Wyatt into the mix, too, of just seeing these guys that, you know, I bet the farm, they're all going to be uh, tremendous stars in the next few years, and it's kind of cool to see them progress. And, it, and I'm enjoying the whole, you know, now that Ambrose, as we said, is probably at the top of the list, I'm enjoying watching them almost like jockey for position as far as, like, what fans may think. You know, Rollins is the first to turn, so... He's Mr. Money in the Bank, but now Ambrose has moved up to the top of the, the heap as far as, you know, how the shield is evolving. You know, uh, Reigns is the heir apparent. You know, Reigns might be second or third right now as far as how he's progressing, you know, but I I don't doubt we're going to have a significant run from Reigns. Maybe he moves up. And so 
it's going to be fun to debate like which member of the shield is is doing better at a given time but right now they're all doing very well it just so happens that ambrose seems to be at at the top of the heap oh it's interesting you bring that point up because shortly after wrestlemania this year um there was a report that came out that that wwe was high on three individuals and those three were Roman Reigns from The Shield, Bray Wyatt, and Wade Barrett, Bad News Barrett. And WWE officials had figured it's not just a matter of if, but when one of these guys is going to shoot up to the top. And um, it's interesting where Wyatt is now because they, they seem to put Wyatt in the role. They want to make him, and they're putting him with the top guys like Jericho, and, and they put him with Cena for the majority of this year. Um and Reigns has been moving up, but Barrett's the one that's been out of action. Now you look, and Bray Wyatt is where he's at. Barrett's out of action. Reigns is the one left standing, but now he's got to compete with his, with his other two members of the, you know, former members of the Shield in, uh, you know, in a game of can you top this in just about each and every week. Um, but what they're doing with Reigns, though, is smart. They're not pushing him too hard. They're pushing him hard enough that people are still going to be behind him and not overexposing him. I think they don't want to make that mistake that they did with John Cena with the overexposure. Um, John Cena, we all know, is, is one of the most controversial individuals in WWE just on his character and his popularity or lack thereof alone. And I think that they realized that they painted themselves into a corner with Cena over the years, and although it has morphed and transformed into a pretty cool dynamic of what his interaction is with the fans these days on WWE television. I don't think they want to make that mistake with Roman Reigns, and they're progressing him nice and slowly until they get that big moment with him and, uh, you know, and, and possibly Brock Lesnar next year's WrestleMania in the main event. Yeah. And, and that's the stuff, you know, we're, we're here now. I mean, you're here in a, you know, again, your fantasy booking, but, uh, you know, looks like it could be Reigns against uh, Brock Lesnar's Malcolm Lesnar off. And, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting to see, you know, how these guys progress and, and where they're going to be. I mean, you know, all these guys are going to have major, major matches going into WrestleMania next year. And I can't believe we're talking about WrestleMania at this point in time. But it's just these guys are the future. They are the, the heir apparent. It should be interesting to see how they progress and, and you know, so many things to talk about coming into uh, this week's Monday Night Raw. Uh, you know, where do they go? I mean, Lesnar, an indomitable champion right now, uh, getting his rematch at Night of Champions. Uh, where do we go from there? Can Cena do anything? Can Cena entertain us? Is that, you know, are you looking forward to a rematch after the absolute beatdown that Cena received at SummerSlam. We're going to discuss that a little bit later on in the program, and we want to hear from you. Give us a call, 347-838-9815. What are you looking forward to the most tonight in Monday Night Raw? John Cena to address the WWE Network. The network. Only nine ninety nine. I got network on the brain. The WWE Universe. Uh, he's going to be addressing the WWE Universe. What will John Cena have to say tonight? In addition... Three, count them, three Hall of Famers on tonight's Monday Night Raw to chime in on John Cena's situation on the championship picture in the WWE. Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, 
and the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, all set to be on Monday Night Raw tonight. Promises to be a great night of action. But, of course, like I said, most important is for us to hear from you, 347-838-9815. So before we get to you, it's time for our break. We do this each and every week. It is time for our Day 5 50-50 News Report. That's right. Top of the hour every single Monday night. This is the Day 5 News Report. Our top story this week, Wrestling Inc. reported this morning that TNA Wrestling has been offered a new television deal. Not through Spike TV, however. The potential deal would be through the Discovery Network's Velocity Channel. The channel reaches 48 million homes and is only available in high definition. However, the rights fees have become an issue. TNA would get less than a quarter of what they received from Spike TV in rights fees. If TNA were to take this deal, there would be a large drop in potential viewers as opposed to Spike TV's 97 million homes they reach. As of now, TNA has not signed a new television deal. Spike TV, however, renewed impact until the end of 2014, and it promised to help the company in transition mode to once they find a new television deal. The original contract between TNA and Spike TV was supposed to end in October. Speaking of television moves, WWE announced this week that they are moving SmackDown back to Thursday nights. Starting on October the 2nd, SmackDown will air on Sci-Fi on Thursday evening in the 8 p.m. time slot. This move was one of the reasons why TNA moved Impact to Wednesday nights. It was revealed last week that former WWE World Heavyweight Champion Daniel Bryan could need Tommy John surgery, which could add an additional three more months to his recovery time. TJS is also known as Ulnar Collateral Reconstruction. This is a medical procedure in which the UCL in the the medial elbow is replaced by a tendon from another part of the body. Brian was rumored to return at the 2015 Royal Rumble event next year. However, if he goes through with the surgery, that return timetable may not be the case. Daniel Bryan was quoted as saying to the Miami Herald, I just don't know when I'll be back. It's tough. Radio host Mark Madden and the Wrestling Observer report that current TNA star Kurt Angle recently pitched an idea to WWE in regards to a return to the organization. But unfortunately, WWE was not receptive to the idea. Allegedly, Angle reached out to Chief Operating Officer Triple H, and according to Mark Madden and Kurt Angle himself, Triple H blew him off. Angle then got in touch with Chairman Mr. Vince McMahon to discuss a possible return and McMahon conveyed to Angle that he doesn't handle talent negotiations anymore. That's Triple H's department. Needless to say, Angle going over Triple H's head upset him and now has speculation leading to WWE having no interest in Angle at this time. Kurt Angle's current deal with TNA Wrestling expires in September. And our final story this evening with the huge success of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy and media promotional tours coming to an end, former world heavyweight champion, the animal, Batista, is expected to return to WWE very soon. There is no timetable exactly when he will be back, 
but some speculate it could happen just in time for September's Night of Champions or in October, right before Hell in the Cell. And there you have it, folks. That was the Day 5 News Report. Only heard every single Monday night here at the top of the hour on the Ken Reedy Show. Ken, back to you. Jeez, man. I, I, I mean, if, if Daniel Bryan didn't have bad luck, he'd have no luck at all. I mean, wow. Uh, you know, it just... It, it, and, I, we, and we've hit on it before on the show, but you've got to start to... I don't know. You've you got to start to think about future and, and, you know, could he possibly be done? Uh, it's... Man, I mean, talk about a guy whose whose body is betraying him. And you know, you know, his style, his kinetic style, and and you know the the bumps he's able to take. I mean, it winds up being a real catch twenty two. You know, if he comes back, what style can he wrestle? And you know, we've we've talked about it on the show, and I've always been you know the kind of fan that I, I I'm a bigger fan of the bigger guys. Uh, I've always kind of thought the bigger guys should be the ones with the the strap, the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Um, you know, I thought Daniel Bryan's style made it at least believable that he could beat bigger guys. But, you know, I mean, maybe a guy his size getting in the ring and taking bumps that often with guys like twice his size has really uh, done a number on, on his body. It's just a real shame a guy as talented as he is gets to the top of the mountain I mean, Jesus, man, you hear, like, neck surgery, now another neck surgery, Tommy John surgery, was there a shoulder surgery thrown in the mix there, too? I mean, this guy's body is just completely, I, I mean, the business has just wreaked havoc on it. Oh, it, it's awful. I mean, you can look at it in, in, in a lot of different ways. I mean, like you said, his style does not do him any favors. Um, and, but at the same time, though, you know, his popularity, we, you know, I, we were all very fortunate to be in the middle of that stadium in, in New Orleans. You know, you and I and, 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 you know, the others that were with us, producer Michelle, and seeing how popular he was and, and his rise to, to the top, to the pinnacle, the biggest thing to ever happen to him in his career was to headline WrestleMania, be the focal point of that show, and to walk out with the championship. And... The minute, you know, that show ended and it just went downhill for him. Like the injuries and he was putting that lame duck storyline with Kane and his wife can't act and that didn't help either. <laughs> but it's, all of this, if you think about it, you know, sometimes they say art imitates life. I mean, this could, this could be a potential huge storyline for him when, if and when he returns. I mean... I've said it before, like I said it when this, when the news came out that he was hurt, like this could be another underdog climb back from adversity story for him that people are going to get behind. I mean, Ken, you said it, the, the, the chase for him to get to the title at WrestleMania was, was great. We were trying to anticipate if him holding on to the title was going to be just as good, if not better. And we didn't get that chance to see that because he got hurt and he's been out, and his status has been very unclear and up in the air. I think another underdog chase to the championship or chase back to, to, to the top for him 
is in order when he does return. I mean, you know, you could think, imagine the, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here producing his next DVD, his DVD in my mind, you know, the, the, the video packages that they could run with him and, and his return and, you know, the story that, you know, the authority put him through hell and he finally reached the pinnacle at WrestleMania only for him to, the injuries to finally catch up to him and the authority stripped him of the title and they humiliated his wife and he was out with all these surgeries and now he comes back and, to avenge, you know, his, his, his wife's honor and to, to see if he still got it in the face of the authority and Triple H and the McMahon family. I mean, you can't make this up. Like, you can write this, and this could be great for him. Uh, to me, in my opinion, right now, you know, there's, there are certain points in, in WWE and certain attractions in WWE. Of course, you have, you know, Undertaker as a separate attraction himself, and then you have, you know, uh, a John Cena and you have, you know, a guy like a Triple H, but Daniel Bryan is another, he's, they don't have just one face of the company, they have multiple faces of the company, Daniel Bryan is one of those faces, he's now the new underdog, he's what Rey Mysterio was, Rey Mysterio made a living and a killing financially of being the ultimate underdog in WWE, he won the belt a few times and had a cup of coffee with it each time, but People got behind him every single time he got in the ring because he was an obvious underdog. I think the same thing could happen to Daniel Bryan, and I think it could help him in his the rest of his tenure with WWE. I don't think it's over yet. I think there's still good things for him. He's still popular. The yes chant has transformed not just for him but for anything in wrestling now. I mean, I've seen people on TNA do it. You know, it, it, it transcended a, basket, a college basketball game. He's popular. He sells T-shirts. They're going to do something with him when he comes back. They have hope for him. They don't see him in a John Cena role, but they see him in a very, very, very important role. And I, I don't see, I don't see this as, a, I see this as a negative, but I see so many opportunities for him to bounce back and turn all of that into one giant positive all over again when he comes back. And, you know, and I hope so. I, I mean, I hope that he's able to come back and, and do something. I, I mean, you know, and it's twofold. I mean, number one. You know, you want to see him just be able to come back. And secondly, you know, does the WWE trust him? And I don't necessarily think that's, that's wrong. I mean, if I, if I own the WWE, oh, what a wonderful world it would be. But if I own the WWE, um, at, at this point in time, I would really have a difficult time even allowing Daniel Bryan to sniff the main event. Um, I, I would have to see him wrestle for a while and be really convinced that he was 100% healthy and back before I really give him, you know, anything substantial. So it, it, it should be interesting. I mean, again, I hope he comes back. I hope he comes back 100%, and I hope he, you know, I'd love to see that underdog storyline again and him climb his way back to the top remains to be seen. But, man, you know, it's just amazing. You know, you think that, you know, you've heard everything, and, and it's like every couple weeks – and he's not wrestling. But it's like every couple of weeks, it's like, yep, something else is wrong with Daniel Bryan. I mean, it's just, it's such a shame. I, you know, I, I mean, I've had my, my share of injuries over the years, and I know how frustrating it is when your body betrays you. And, I, you know, I'm not a professional athlete, and I've never had anything like, like him. I mean, it's just, I can't imagine the, the sheer frustration uh, that Daniel Bryan has to be going through right now, where it's just like, Every couple of weeks, hey, yep, yep, something else is wrong. Um, you know, all the best to Daniel Bryan. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. 
You know, we got Monday Night Raw coming up in a little while, less than an hour until Monday Night Raw. We talked Shield, talked a little Daniel Bryant. We kind of touched on, you know, John Cena to address the WWE Network. Lots of stuff going on on Monday Night Raw. What do you guys want to talk about? We're going to go to the phones now. We got Mike on the line. Mike, how are you doing this evening? Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing all right. How are you? All right, I'm good. I got my niece, Adriana, with me tonight, and I got my nephew, my godson, Joey, is here tonight. So if you want to talk to them and ask them questions about wrestling, go right ahead. You can do that. All right, cool. Yeah, I mean, but what, what do you think about uh, going into Monday Night Raw? I mean, we got John Cena's going to address the universe. I mean, after the beatdown that Brock Lesnar laid on him, what do you, what do you think's going to happen tonight? Um, I, I, I think that John Cena is going to to, um, you know, speak, uh, obviously speak his mind, and, uh, and he's going to talk about how, uh, you know, I hope he's going to talk about how hard he's going to go, and uh, and he's going to get his belt back, and he's going to wear that belt prior again, and uh, I think I think he should definitely address how, you know, how Brock Lesnar uh, handed him his, his butt, really, I mean, at SummerSlam, he really... I have a question. Go ahead. I have a question, um... Can anyone get the Brock Lesnar's belt? Because it has been sent signed. No, they changed his name, but go ahead. What's your uh, question? That was my question. All right. Oh, and also, um... Uh, Buddy. I don't know what to say. What do you mean you don't know what to say? You just had a question. That was my question. Oh, what did you think What did you think about last week with Nikki Bell? We got, answer, we got the answers that we were looking for about why she uh, betrayed her sister. Oh, because um, she uh, betrayed her and... Okay. Yeah, I'm fine. Because she betrayed her and that she was so, like, mean to her. She always had to be on top of her. And that Nikki says that... Um, I asked what to think about it. What did you think about it when you saw that? Were you upset? Yes. Cause oh. I don't have, I don't like Nikki that much anymore. Oh, right. uh, moving on, Tim. Oh, and when I and when Daniel Bryan's music came out, I thought that he was actually going to come back, but then, like, then um, she stopped me. Well, he was actually at SummerSlam, which was good to see. It was good to see um, Daniel Bryan back in the mix in the in, at backstage. At least he was back there. Yeah, and I okay, thought it was awesome. I mean, they really the, the opening of Raw last week really. Uh, set that crowd on, on its ear, so to speak. I mean, I, I think the bulk of that crowd was expecting to see Daniel Bryan come out, and Stephanie was just awesome with her Steph, Steph, Steph shirt and mockingly doing the yes chant. So it was, you know, I mean, she's just, she's amazing at garnering heat. Um, as far as the Bellas and, and their, uh, you know, we talked, actually, Dave, you know, we talked a little bit beforehand. Uh, what, was, what was your thought on, on the Bella rift and the uh, explanation given? I hated the explanation, and here's why. I mean, I talked about it on, you know, as we closed last week's show. I hope it wasn't one of those, you know, you were a terrible sister to me over the years, and you were jealous of me, and you're selfish, and all this other catty, you know, sibling stuff, that sibling rivalry stuff that has been, you know, beaten to death in wrestling storylines over the years. I mean, it worked once with Bret Hart and Owen Hart. It, it, it hasn't worked since in my opinion. It's just not believable in a lot of ways. And it wasn't very believable as as her explanation. I would have loved to have heard something better, something along the lines of, 
they forced me to do it, otherwise I'd lose my job, or they were, they, they, if I didn't help her win, then Brock was going to do worse to my boyfriend, John Cena, and oh, I would have liked something different than, than the, the simple, I hate you because you, 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 you spilled milk on my dress when I was in high school. You know what I mean? Like, just stuff like that. I just thought the explanation was terrible. I didn't really care for it. I, I, I don't have any interest in, in, the, in the rivalry whatsoever. Um, I think the only, the only thing that will keep me interested in that rivalry if it, if it turns into a Daniel Bryan-John Cena rivalry because the two sisters are feuding with each other. Um, and if it morphs into that, just with the two of them alone, then I'll have, then I'll be okay with it. But I, I just didn't like the explanation at all. Just horrible. Yeah. Um, t- moving on, uh, what do you call? I thought that I thought that Dean Ambrose, um, his match, his match with uh, with Seth Rollins was really good. I think those two um, definitely are on the money, and I think they're both rising stock in the company. As well as I, I like that special that they had um, with the Shield, how they got to where they to where they are, and uh, I, I just think if more wrestlers followed their work ethic and their their you know their their showmanship, that they'll have WWE will have more wrestlers like them. I agree with you, man. You know, and I, and I saw a while back. I read this interview with uh, uh, Dean Ambrose, and he said something very interesting that you know that a lot of wrestlers, competitors, uh, think that, that wrestling owes them something, or the business owes them something. And, and Ambrose, you know, said, I owe the business. I owe the business everything. I, I, you know, basically that, you know, he would be in jail if it wasn't for wrestling. And so every time, every time he goes out, every time he trains, every, every time he does anything in regards to pro wrestling, it's, it's his way of almost repaying uh, the business. And, and I agree with you. I think the, the attitude that it seems like these guys have and the work ethic and what they put out there, um, you know, it's amazing that new guys in the company are really becoming the benchmark and the example for, for other people to, to follow. I mean, they're just they're very talented. They, uh, they look like they get the business. Uh, they respect the business. And uh, it, it's just great seeing them uh, – Succeeding now as as singles competitor, but uh, competitors. Um, but I, I, you know, I'm I'm regretting now. I got to make sure I catch that documentary because I haven't caught it yet. Yeah, it's a really good, it's a really really good um, documentary. And I've seen, I mean, I've seen um, the the two, not the three, um, in Independence. I've seen um, Dean Ambrose um, versus Sarah at Evolve, and I've seen Seth Rollins. And uh, I, I just think I just think that they're um, that they're good wrestlers. You know, I've, I, and I've been and I've been digging the the network. I'm always watching it. Um, you know, my new thing now, my new thing now when I watch the network is I like to watch the Class of the Champions, and then I watch I like to watch the pay per view that they're plugging for. So I got like yesterday I was watching the Great American Bash 1992, and I'm sitting there thinking about the Cena versus Brock Lesnar match. And I'm watching Sting versus Vader, and I'm watching how Vader is the man that can't, you know, he fears no man, and he's, you know, this tough guy, and he beats Sting, and, well, actually, Sting beat himself, but, but, but uh, you know, a Vader bomb. 
did beat him. And I'm watching that match, and I'm thinking about what would have been awesome to see Brock Lesnar versus Vader. I, I think that would be a dream match in the, in the making. That's it. You know, it's, a, it's a good point, Mike. Always a pleasure. Thanks for uh, giving us a call, and we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, next week we'll talk about Monday Night Raw, and maybe maybe tonight we'll get another uh, another another match, um, you know, update about World um, Champions. Maybe we'll get something good tonight. But guys, thanks a lot. It's been a pleasure. Adrian, you want to say good night? Good night and bye. Good night, Adrian. Thank you. Okay, no problem, guys. Thank you, and we'll talk Take to you it soon. All right, there you have it. You know, we got a. It's fine. It, it sounds like Mike is is running like a a, a daycare over there. Mike Mike's got Mike's got his own radio show. You know, how he's <laughs> trying to move along all the point. Like like you know what I mean? Like sometimes we can't move him along, but he's like cutting us off now, so he can get to the next point. He, Mike's doing his own show on our show. <laughs> it's like he's got. It's it's like he's got a studio audience there. Yeah, it's like it's it's, it's like the old primetime wrestling on USA Network, when they used to have the studio audience with, like, Vince and Bobby Heenan. Yes. Except it's Mike and Adriana. <laughs> Good stuff. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We're going back out to the phones. we got Tony on the line. Tony, how you doing tonight? Hey. All right. How you doing? Doing all right. What do you got for us? All right. Let's see. What do we kick off? Let's see. Hey, it sucks what happened with Daniel Bryan. He's going to be, uh, I, I don't know what kind of surgery that is he's going to be having, but, uh, yeah, that's my God. Yeah, he he's really been having a <laughs> string of bad luck of the late. You know, it's, I mean, uh, it's I mean, it's remarkable. I, I mean, it's just really how how does that happen to someone to to just repeatedly? You know, it's I, I mean, it's like every part of his body is is going. And you know, if you watch baseball at all, you know, Tommy John surgery used to be. Uh, pretty significant and, and a pitchers you know mostly pitchers wind up getting Tommy John surgery obviously the name um, it, used, it used to your career would be in question if you needed Tommy John surgery it's become so routine um, you know pitchers come back you know sometimes even better than they were beforehand you know and, and if it was just Tommy John surgery you wouldn't think it was it was as big a deal and plus Daniel Bryan's not a pitcher it's just you know every like I said it's like every few weeks or so it's you just hearing reports that he's having another setback uh health wise and it's uh you know it, it's really kind of you know it's it's depressing i mean it, it's a real bummer i've never never seen anyone like this before especially really in the prime of their career um have their body break down so significantly as his body has over the past few months it's a real shame but you know hopefully he's able to recover and and come back uh better and, and stronger, but, uh, you know, right now, obviously, heading into Monday Night Raw, uh, the championship picture is without Daniel Bryan. Um, I'm curious your thoughts, because I read this really interesting article, and I think we, we can share it now, that they said stuff that, you know, has the WWE actually made Brock Lesnar too strong? And and as much as we all, and I include, I love the beatdown of John Cena, I think they've made him an absolute beast. But now we got a guy who has ended the Undertaker streak and has beaten John Cena, and, and it's really like, so who realistically on the roster uh, could you believe could go in there and beat Brock Lesnar? And, you know, we're going to have Cena address the, the universe tonight, 
And, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I get it, and the rematch clause has to be there, but Lesnar destroyed him. Like, there's part of me that's like, well, what's the point of a rematch? Uh, your, your thoughts on, on Cena and Lesnar, Anthony? Uh, that's telling you about that. <laughs> uh, uh, my thoughts on seeing, uh, like I said, well, this, this is what, what I said last week. The, um, you know, it's like, have it be where it's like, you know, it's like the doctor saying, you know, it's like it's too soon for him to return, you know, but he wants to go out there, you know, do it anyway because he wants to give the fans, you know, to, to want to see him, you know, get his rematch. And just through the whole, you know, the whole thing that when Shawn Michaels returned too early and have him, you know, like, just have him be, you know, it's like, you know, it's like he he tries to fight back or whatever, and then you know he just like it's it's just too you know it's just too much for him, and you know so you just uh, it's like the, you know and the ref has to like stop the match because the guy you know because he's unconscious or whatever you know it's that would be the only way I could you know that's the only way I see that that's that's what I do if I if, I, if it was me doing the booking I mean you know it's, I hope they just don't you know like flip it right back to Cena you know, and then the other thing is like I don't know who you know it's like. Yeah, about the Brock being too booked too strong. I mean, I I don't really know about you know about that, but it's it. Uh, I think it's more of a because there's a lot of guys. You know, it's like besides Cena and Roman Reigns, I think it's just a matter of everybody else being booked too weak. Cause it's it's you know it's, it's like they don't really give anybody believable. I mean, it's like you know it's like I mean you know it's like you know well Daniel Bryan is you know like but um like you know like Cesaro he you know. I mean, he was on the cusp of, you know, of being being a being one of the type guys. You know, I mean, he he won the Battle Royal WrestleMania Slam and Big Show on the ring. Fans were cheering him. They were ready to turn him face. Then they, you know, they put him with Heyman, and 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 now it's like, you know, it's like they they split him and Heyman up, and it's like, and and now he's. He, he's on Jabber Island. I mean, it's it's, you know, it's it's just a, it's a question of you know it's a matter of you know it's like they start pushing a lot of times you know like I said this before you know it's like they start pushing guys and then it's like then they get de-emphasized and then it's like okay you know that it's I don't know you know I just really find it to be mind you know mind-boggling you know that, that, you know it's like they always do that with with everybody and so it's, you know I mean it's like you know because I mean what would have been interesting to see also too you know it's like Cesaro could have been, you could have done Cesaro and Lesnar, you know. It's like, you you know, that, that would have been a deal. You know, that would have been because yeah, Cesaro could have been the guy who who could could get the rub off the guy who beat the streak. I, I think that's a really excellent point. A point that you know we didn't talk about even in a pre-show meeting. That you know, obviously they book Lesnar incredibly strong, but yeah, the book. Yeah, I mean, Cesaro is an excellent example of being a guy who's being booked a week now. And not too long ago, you know, if he, if he was continued to be, you know, booked strong, coming off of his performance in the Andre the Giant uh, Memorial Battle Royal, um, yeah, you, you could have made it somewhat believable that this guy like Cesaro, who is, you know, maybe doesn't look it, but is much stronger than he looks, could be the guy who beats the guy, but the way he's been booked lately, it would be incredibly unbelievable. And and that that's a really interesting point. Uh, you know, it, it's both sides of it. One guy being booked strong and others being booked uh, weak. What are your thoughts, Dave? Well, you know, I mean, let, let me put it to you this way. A lot of people say that he might be booked too strong as champion. Um, I mean, Let's be real here, okay? 
this is the wrestling business, and you're trying to portray somebody as a champion, which means you are the best of the best. You are the best fighter. You are the best wrestler. You know, that's the reason why you wear that belt. So usually a champ, usually a champion, especially a champion in, in, you know, in wrestling or even in boxing or in MMA, you stand, you stand head and tall, uh, you know, above everybody else as the best because you earned it with that, by holding that championship belt. So I don't think he's been booked as too strong um, just by this one, you know, dominant victimizing of John Cena that took place at SummerSlam last week. Um, a couple of points here. you got guys with lineage of, of, of how strongly they've been booked, like Randy Orton and Batista, that could be viable contenders to get in there with, with, with a Brock Lesnar. Um, you, I mean, Tony, you make up a great point about Cesaro. And I think if Cesaro was on a path of, you know, continuing to be a Paul Heyman guy or continuing to keep getting pushed more, I think eventually he could have been a credible contender to Lesnar. I still kind of have a feeling that he might be. And the only reason why I say that is because they put his push on hold. He, they didn't have him and Paul Heyman slip just for no reason. There's talk of having that come back around and having Cesaro get involved with Heyman and Lesnar possibly. Maybe that will take place in the coming months before WrestleMania. But then again, we don't know what kind of schedule Brock Lesnar is going to have. I mean, as far as I know, and as far as the, what I've been hearing, Night of Champions is the last night he's scheduled to be you know, on WWE TV for a while. So I, don't hear, I haven't heard of anything in October, in, in November, or December. But, um, you know, Lesnar, I think, I think him not having as many challengers is good for his schedule because it goes with that schedule. He doesn't have to defend the title as much. And like you and I, Ken, said last week on the show, Lesnar being gone adds more importance to the championship when the title is defended, like when we used to watch it in the day, when the champion was hardly ever on, unless you ordered the pay-per-view. So um, I think that Cesaro can get to a level where he could be a credible contender for Heyman, or for, for Lesnar. It's just a matter of when they're finally going to pull the trigger and do that. Um, but at the same time, they've run the risk of keeping Lesnar so strongly booked as the champion, as the dominant champion, you don't want him to kill a guy that you're trying to make in Cesaro. Tony, really good point on the booking strong, you know, and I want to switch gears briefly because when we started the show off talking about the Shield and, uh, you know, interesting, like we, for us on the show, like when the Shield was together, we had Ambrose in, in kind of third as far as distinguishing himself. Uh, he's moved to the top of the class right now, and I, I love everything Ambrose is doing as a singles competitor. I know you're big on the indie scene. You've seen these guys on the indie scene. Um, as much as maybe we would have liked to have seen the Shield together for a little while longer, I'm enjoying what they're doing as, as singles competitors. Uh, your thoughts on the Shield, especially Ambrose right now? I think they're doing with Ambrose. The Ambrose Rollins uh, feud has been has been really. I think has been one of the best one of the best feuds that that, that they got going right now. You know, and I mean, I know he's going to be off to. You know, he's going to be filming the movie and uh, but the, and everything. It'll be out for a while. But the way they, like the way they wrote him out of the of the of the story last week. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, you know, I, I thought they did a good job there. 
you know, so it's, you know, like I say, you know, it's like it's, it's got to be like come down to, you know, it's like they had to, they had to lumberjack matches SummerSlam, you know, it's like the, you know, they got to, you know, and they escaped that, they escaped all, they escaped them, and so it's like, it's got to be, you know, it's like it's got to be, you know, when Ambrose comes back, it's got to be him, the two of them in the hell in the cell, because this, this is, you know, it's like this is a match that's really, you know, it's like. I mean, it's like you want to have the Hell in the Cell match. This is a this is a feud that's really been building up to that to that kind of to that structure. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I would love to see the two of them in the Hell in the Cell matchup. Yeah, I would too. I, yeah, I think it's been really good. Yeah, you know, it's and, um, as far as, you know, like Roman Reigns. Uh, I mean, I don't know if they're going to do him and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. I mean, I guess they, I don't know if they're, are they le- they're leaning toward that. And of course, you know, Rollins still has the money in the bank, so it's like it's. But um, I, I think the, the, like, even like what you were saying, the, the idea of you know, like cause you said, Lesnar uh, is going to be off after uh, Night of Champions. I mean, I hope that doesn't mean they put the belt back on Cena. But uh, you know, yeah, like, said, like having the champion not around all the time, it gives him more meaning. You know, I, I kind of agree with that. I agree with that too. And, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think it's a little short-sighted people who who think that you know you can't have. You know, and I, I, you can't have a guy who's champion not be there every week. I think it, it actually works a little bit better. And I do think, you know, it, it was tough with The Rock being a part-time champion. But, you know, having Brock and having Heyman there every week so Heyman can keep Brock Lesnar in, in your consciousness when he's not there, um, I, I think works really well. And then he's tied to the authority, so... You know, you can have the authority saying, we just gave him the night off. I mean, there's a lot that you can do to work in um, him being part-time. And it does seem like they're they're leading towards Reigns versus Lesnar going forward. Um, but who knows? A lot can change between now and, and WrestleMania. So, as always, Tony, thanks for the call. Great insight tonight. I uh, love the, the booking week uh, uh, angle there. Uh, good stuff, and we'll talk to you next time. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Take it easy. Yeah, hey, uh, Tony, with some interesting points. You know, as as we're talking about stuff and we're talking about uh, what I find intriguing right now is the fact that that Lesnar is just a monster right now, and he has been booked uh, incredibly strong, and and where it all fits in with Rollins and and the money in the bank, and and do we have a cash in? And what I what I kind of you know, do we find at some point, you know, which might lead to Hell in a Cell. Do we see some some shenanigans, maybe a no DQ type match or something where uh, Rollins decides to cash in at Night of Champions and Ambrose screws up his cash in, and uh, so Ambrose screws up Rollins' uh, opportunity. Obviously, Rollins put Ambrose's head through some cinder blocks, so now this rivalry is at a fever pitch to put them both in the in the hell in the cell. It's just it's weird to me. You know, again, size-wise, I'm wondering where they're going to exactly fit in Rollins cashing in. But if Ambrose costs him a cash-in, uh, that could be intriguing, Dave. I don't think that, I mean, they, I don't think they have plans on Rollins cashing in on Lesnar at all. I mean, they want to make Rollins, but they also want to make, uh, you know, Lesnar, you know, uh, a strong champion and a, for, a formidable force on WWE television as the champion. And you also got to figure factor in too. It, it, it seems to be a trend, you know, and I'm, I'm guilty of this myself of when the guy, can't, when the guy wins the money in the bank, everyone immediately, you know, 
clocks in, okay, when's he going to cash in? How soon is he going to cash in? People want to see it because it's exciting to watch, and they want to see it happen so soon. But, you know, I mean, you and I for, for a long time, Ken, we were like, all right, when's Dolph Ziggler going to do it? When's he going to do it? And then he finally did it that night after WrestleMania. We were there in New Jersey, and it was unbelievable. You know, they let it burn slowly with him cashing in. It was a perfect time for him to do it. I, I go, Rollins has till June. Rollins has till the end of June in 2015 to cash in. And I don't think he, they would have, they would run the risk of having him cash in on Lesnar and, number one, potentially get killed, okay? I mean, because let's face it, you know, you, you're, you're, you're cashing in on the champion and you're trying to make Seth Rollins. One's got to lose. And you don't want to take the box office attraction that Brock Lesnar has become in WWE and run that risk to try to make a younger guy. I think, personally, to be honest with you, it might come full circle with that cashing in the championship. It would not surprise me, okay? It would not surprise me if, if Reigns were to win at WrestleMania and shortly after, now I'm not saying it could be the night after, I'm not saying it could be the night of WrestleMania, it could be a month or, or a couple months down the line, he gets cashed in on by Seth Rollins, and you have a shield feud that kind of culminates there with the championship, having them feud over the title. Or Seth Rollins may not be the may not have been the original choice to be Money in the Bank. Let's say they don't have him cash in, and, and they're not sure what to do. And Brock Lesnar loses the championship to Roman Reigns, but they want to extend that feud with him and Roman Reigns. Well, he could get his automatic rematch the next month at Extreme Rules, and then if you, Reigns could beat him then, and then if you really wanted to, to add more fuel to the fire and to draw more heat to Brock Lesnar, this would totally piss off the internet wrestling community, but what if you had Brock Lesnar, what if you had Seth Rollins sell the Money in the Bank briefcase to Paul Heyman to gift to Brock Lesnar, and the authority allow it, and then that's how Brock Lesnar gets another match with Roman Reigns for the title in the springtime. I mean, there's all different kinds of options that you can go with Seth Rollins and this Money in the Bank briefcase, but I don't think it's going to happen on Lesnar, and I don't think it's going to happen very soon. I think that they got him in a holding pattern with this for quite a while until they figure out the right moment for him to cash in. All right, so, you know, we, we were wondering, you know, maybe they wait a while for the cash-in. Um We've established, I mean, if you're playing, if you're playing the Ken Reedy Show drinking game, drink every time we say book strong. Uh, <laughs> we've said it a lot. Um, now, Lesnar, you know, he does. He looks so strong right now. And, they, you know, and, and again, like you said, Dave, it, it is wrestling. But at the same time, you know, never seen a championship match like we saw at SummerSlam. I mean, you know, Lesnar just killed Cena. Um so it begs the question, as we go into Monday Night Raw tonight, and we have this Hall of Fame panel that uh, supposedly is going to be discussing uh, the championship picture, and with the John Cena having his rematch uh, a mere five weeks after being absolutely decimated. Now, where do they go with this to make it at least look? I'm not, I think Lesnar needs to hold on to the title. Where do they go with it to make it believable for you to want to see this match? Now, the storytelling-wise, I thought it was great going into SummerSlam. I, I love that he killed John Cena. 
do you need another main event with a squash, essentially? Um, does that interest you as a fan to buy another pay-per-view um, if you don't have the network uh, to see potentially another championship squash? Um, you know, if there was longer, if there's more time, you know, let's just say Cena was going to get his rematch at, at the Royal Rumble, then maybe you can do a lot of vignettes of Cena, you know, training hard and, and taking these, you know, six months or so to, to get himself in the peak physical condition of his career to, for his rematch. But it's five weeks. I guess they could do that, but is it believable? Um, so it's intriguing, like, number one, what is Cena going to say to the universe tonight uh, in reference to his upcoming rematch and in response to the beatdown he took? And what exactly are we going to get from the Hall of Fame panel? Uh, it's, it's intriguing, again, you know, the beatdown worked in and of itself, but now where do you take that moving forward? Your thoughts on all this, Dave? Well, I think the Hall of Fame panel can, can be very effective in a couple of ways. Number one is if their thoughts on the – first of all, all three names, very credible names in the wrestling business, of course. We don't have to debate or argue that in any way, shape, or form. Um, and them discussing the importance of this match will help sell people to want to buy the network and see this rematch between the two of them as a champion. But the believability factor, here's where, here's where you go with a different twist. This Hall of Fame panel, I think, has to all collectively, between the three of them, come out and say, is he even 100% ready for this rematch? And you question John Cena's health going into this match. And now you have three weeks after tonight, before the pay-per-view, to really drive home the point every week, is John Cena physically ready for this rematch, and you can, I mean, how you can make a t-shirt out of how many times that they will plug that this rematch is on the network for $9.99 a month, but you really want to bring home that point. Can, can, is Cena physically okay to, to, to compete in this match? Like Tony said, get, like, you know, maybe have the doctors involved and kind of do the early, you know, came back too soon route where you go into the pay-per-view with people, with the anticipation of people getting the network or buying the pay-per-view to see if Cena is physically okay to compete in this match. And then you have the match, and the two of them start to brawl or whatever, and Cena gets the upper hand, he clotheslines him over the rope, and Lesnar gets pissed, and Cena's getting fired up, and yeah, Michael Cole's on the microphone saying, you know, he's physically ready, he's good to go, that's, that's, that's John Cena, vintage John Cena, 100%, this, that, and the other. And then John Cena just collapses right in the middle of the ring. Referee doesn't know what to do. Lesnar's kind of looking there in shock. Same thing with Heyman. You almost kind of blur the lines between reality and fiction, and it gets you wondering, like, all right, well, we know that this is predetermined and scripted, but that looks pretty real to me right there. You don't have the announcers say much. It's very quiet. Kind of, you know, the production values have to be great. And WWE's always good with this. Have them point to shots of the audience of people just looking in shock, you know, kids like, oh my God, like what Lesnar did to Cena a month ago, it's finally caught up to him. Like he, he, he wasn't ready for this match. And then 
you have them, they, they stretch your Cena out, and you quit, and, and Triple H comes out, and now his pay-per-view main event has been ruined. And then all of a sudden, Batista's music hits, and you bring Batista back, and you can question, well, he quit. Why is he back? And just some big pull-apart brawl between the two of them for about 15, 10, 15 minutes takes place to close out the pay-per-view. And then you sit, and then the next night on Raw, Lesnar and Heyman are like, he quit. He doesn't have a job here. What the hell was he doing? And it's revealed that the board of directors had brought Batista back. And then Batista is inserted by the board into the main event of Hell in the Cell, inside Hell in the Cell, with Brock Lesnar. You run the risk of getting people to buy a main event that technically doesn't happen, but at the same time, you potentially could get more viewers from the network when you go on Raw the next night and you say, for $9.99 a month, you could have witnessed Batista returning and challenging Brock Lesnar to their Hell in the Cell match next month. You could have witnessed John Cena falling to his feet from Brock Lesnar's destruction at SummerSlam. There's a lot of different ways you can go this, and you can serve multiple purposes by going in that direction. But the main focus in the beginning for tonight is to focus on the fact if Cena's even ready and physically able. And I think the Hall of Famers like Hogan and Michaels and Flair, they all have to express that and convey that in this Hall of Fame form. And I think it would add much more effect and much more drama if they did it if John Cena was standing in the middle of the ring. So if they do this Hall of Fame form, I think Cena's got to be there. And I think you kind of got to take both of those segments and crunch it into one to really add that, that one-two punch to it to really sell you on this rematch at Night of Champions. I, you know, it's funny because and, and all that stuff works for me. Um, you know, the collapsing angle, or if, if you don't want to do it at the pay-per-view, maybe in a, in a match beforehand. Uh Cena collapses, and, and he's not cleared to wrestle, so they wind up changing the main event. I mean, it, it's soon. You know, it's a month away, but at the same time, there's a lot you can do in a month to change things up. I do think, however, I, I think we're probably in agreement here that they got to do something. they got to do something out of the box here. Um, it's not exciting just to – if we get just a straightforward rematch – um, there's, again, we get it. It's wrestling. It's scripted. I, we understand that. We understand the, the outcomes are predetermined. We get all of that. But if they give us nothing, and it's a straightforward rematch, and then all of a sudden at Night of Champions, Cena's holding his own, it just it makes, it makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. Uh, something has to happen here. Now, whether it's a, a, a collapsing scenario, whether it's, uh, you know, whether he, the doctors say, guess what, you're not cleared to wrestle, so someone else gets the spot, um, whether he's, he's pulled beforehand or the night of, um, or, you know, do they do a, just another squash? Um, but if it's a rematch and Cena holds his own, um, I'm not a big fan of that. I, I just think... Uh, you know, all these scenarios that you put out there, Dave, and I think they all could work, but I think at bare minimum, they're going to have to do something different, something outside the box to make uh, this match work because the beatdown at SummerSlam was so unbelievably brutal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't have Lesnar 
and portray Lesnar in, in the, the killing machine that he was to John Cena at SummerSlam and then Cena just come back and, and nothing ever happened. There, there are people, in, you know, there was a Washington Redskins football player that noted on, you know, that he, on Twitter, I think on social media, where he talked about watching the match and how it, it, he, he felt in his mind Cena was legitimately hurt, like legitimately injured, like maybe he broke a rib or something because of the way that Lesnar kind of manhandled him. And Lesnar is so freakishly strong and powerful that you can blur those lines of reality and fiction with his physicality. And Cena just can't... It would, it would do a disservice to Cena and to, the, to, or to, to Lesnar, excuse me, and the way he won, and of course, to going back to him ending the streak... If Cena were to come at Night of Champions and act like nothing ever happened, to me personally. Now, I'm not saying that Cena has to be this way going forward for the rest of his career, but at least for this match, he can't just walk in there like nothing ever happened because it's, it's, you would have to show some, like, like, like you've said before, so show some doubt that, he, that, that, that Cena's in trouble. All throughout his his tenure in WWE, most of it, you haven't shown you really haven't shown that doubt with him because there hasn't been anybody believable enough to for fans to think that Cena's in trouble. Now Les, now you got that with Lesnar. Don't lose it, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and you know, and it does make it you know interesting for him to to battle back. I mean, you know, he did. You know, you said it about Daniel Bryan, but let's face it, man. Like everyone likes an underdog story. Everyone likes. Um, you know, someone who's, who's, you know, downtrodden and, and climbs their way uh, back up. So, you know, maybe you can do that with a John Cena and have him just, you know, building his, his way back up. Uh, maybe you finally have a John Cena uh, with some self-doubt. Um, there's a lot of directions you could go in creatively with what they've established thus far. You just hope they go in, in a different direction. Um you know, and and we don't use the term often here, and we don't hate on John Cena here. Um, but to coin the internet term, I don't want to see Super Cena at Night of Champions. I am liking this vulnerable John Cena. I want to see a John Cena that doubts that he's going to be able to beat a guy like Brock Lesnar. Um, I, I want to see that. I want to see that out of the John Cena character. And maybe... I'm not saying it's going to lead to a heel turn, but maybe it leads to uh, a little more depth uh, to the John Cena character going forward. So I think tonight, and we usually talk about this on, on Monday nights, you know, what are we looking forward to most uh, coming into Monday Night Raw? And, you know, sometimes we have other things, and, and, you know, sometimes there's some intriguing things. And there's a lot going on right now that I'm looking forward to. However, it's, this week it's the obvious for me. Uh, it's this. It's this storyline. I'm very curious to see um, what we get out of John Cena tonight. I'm praying to God, and I don't think, I have confidence in him, but I'm I'm really hoping we don't get any zero, I want zero zilch, no corny jokes out of the mouth of John Cena. I want to see a serious, beat-down, discouraged John Cena in the ring tonight. Um, you know, I, I, I just want to see a heartfelt promo. 
I, I want to see a promo of a guy who is determined but uh, hurting from the beating he, he just took. Uh, and like you said, Dave, I, I really want to see um, these Hall of Famers add some gravity uh, to this matchup. I want to see these Hall of Famers uh, add some drama um, and add some importance to it. Um, obviously, I, I, I would assume we'll, we'll see a Paul Heyman sighting tonight, uh, perhaps interrupting all this. Um, but there's a lot surrounding this, and, and I think it's it's one of those things where there's a lot they could do with the John Cena character, and I'm really hoping we kind of see them moving forward. And again, I, I'm not going to bet on the, the Cena heel change. I'm not going to bet on a, a complete character overhaul. But but something that adds a little bit of depth to it, and I, I they have the makings right now creatively to do some interesting stuff with that John Cena character, and, and I hope they do it. I, I'm really hoping they do that. But for me, and I don't know about you, like we, at this point, and we got less than ten minutes left in the show, we do touch on all right tonight on Monday Night Raw. What are you most looking forward to? For me, it's the obvious. I want to see the next step forward in this program with Lesnar and Cena and, and see how that goes uh, moving forward towards Night of Champions. What are you looking forward to most tonight, Dave? I, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, the, the, the development of Roman Reigns more. Um, I think, uh, you know, Ambrose and Rounds have kind of really cast a heavy shadow lately because of the great work that they have done together. And Reigns has been kind of put on the back burner a little bit. Uh, I'm kind of interested to see um, what's the next step in his in his uh, feud with the Authority. I'm I'm hearing that they're going to continue him and Randy Orton for a little while. Um, I don't know if they're pushing him and Triple H, uh, you know, pushing it back because I've heard stories that they wanted to do that match at Night of Champions. Um, although this past weekend at house shows in California. Reigns replaced Ambrose against Rollins, and the the storyline of the house shows were that Reigns was avenging his his buddy's law, you know, his, you know his, his buddy being taken out by take by taking on Rollins. So maybe they'll go Reigns and Rollins short term with that with that affiliation of the Authority and 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 uh, the feud with Roman Reigns. Inserting uh, Rollins is the next guy to face Roman Reigns, but. At the same time, like I say, they're, those are two guys that they're trying to develop into the future, and you're running the risk of hurting one of them if you put them in a feud with the other. So um, it's some, I think they might just keep those two separate. But Reigns and his, what's going to happen with him and the Hall of Fame panel with the progression in the Cena, um, the, the Cena storyline. And just for those, you know, those of you listening and the you, Ken, as well, they announced um, just you know, a little while ago, Brock, Brock, sorry, not Brock Lesnar, John Cena and Bray Wyatt in tonight's Raw main event. So maybe we see the early stages of Ken Cena go for the rematch in this match with Bray Wyatt. And interesting, you know, with a Bray Wyatt, I mean, they've touched on where Bray Wyatt was kind of um, harping on, you know, getting Cena to uh, establish maybe a little bit of self-doubt. So. You know, maybe uh, Bray Wyatt helps facilitate this storyline. Interesting also uh, being tweeted just uh, just now from WWE. Uh, we will get the eulogy of Dean Ambrose tonight on Monday Night Raw. Um, so uh, uh, Seth Rollins uh, preaching on the demise of one Dean Ambrose. We're going to get a eulogy. So uh, 
I don't know. It, it's, it, it doesn't move up and take the top spot as far as what I'm looking forward to tonight, but um, that should be interesting and, and entertaining, uh, to say the least. And to your point, Dave, uh, perhaps in the midst of this eulogy of Dean Ambrose, we have an interruption from one Roman Reigns, and then we get that short-term uh, program between Rollins and Reigns. Yeah, or, you know, Ambrose isn't really gone, and, you know, during this eulogy, he pops out of the coffin and goes after Rollins. I mean, he popped out of one of Hulk Hogan's presents at his birthday a few weeks ago, so it wouldn't surprise me, but at the same time, you know, he got he, he got taken out, you know, with a curb stop on the subsidiary blocks, and the storyline on WWE.com is that Ambrose disappeared. He, he was receiving medical attention, and he refused it, and he just got up and, and left, and he disappeared, and he hasn't been heard from since. So I wonder if they tap into that and expose that and, and, and help facilitate that in the storyline for his eventual return, and if it's going to mean some more dimensions to his lunatic character or a complete character overhaul because of this traumatic head injury that he suffered. Um, so there, there's, there's a lot of different avenues that they can take during all of this. Um, and the eulogy, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be, uh, you know, Seth Rollins performing it and them making light of the situation, but it should be interesting television. Rollins, Rollins has been on the mark with his mic work since he's been gone from the Shield. I've been impressed with his mic work, so I think he'll I think he'll handle this role pretty well. Yeah, I mean that should be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it's, you know, only in professional wrestling as a yeah we're talking about a eulogy. Oh, that should be a blast. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's just amazing this wacky world of pro wrestling that we discuss, but. Uh, yeah, only in wrestling. Um, but, you know, getting back to John Cena, I, I mean, I do think that, you know, you can't necessarily overstate I think this is a really important Monday Night Raw for the John Cena character. I mean, we've talked about it, and John Cena, you know, his, his best years are definitely behind him. Uh, his days, weeks, months as the definitive face of the company are numbered. Um you know, going forward from here, where does this character go? And, and again, I, I'm never going to uh, sit here and say we're going to get a complete John Cena overhaul, but um, interesting stuff. And I do think, uh, you know, you, you bring it up, uh, Dave, and, and we're getting Usos versus the Rhodes for the tag team titles tonight on Monday Night Raw. Um, I, I do think at, putting Cena against Bray Wyatt really adds a lot. And, uh you know, hopefully they deliver. I, I just think it's this is kind of a real important Raw as far as the John Cena character, and uh, I'm really curious to see where exactly um, they're going to go. So interesting stuff uh, surrounding all of Monday Night Raw, and uh, we should get three hours of uh, some entertaining stuff, and uh, hopefully we get some surprises uh, uh, as we head towards uh, Night of Champions. But, um, you know, definitely, again, we want to see something different out of the John Cena character and uh, different out of how he is preparing for uh, Brock Lesnar at Night of Champions. So enjoy Monday Night Raw. Hope you guys enjoyed us. Thank you, as always, for, for supporting us. Just to let you guys know, hope you're having an awesome summer. Um, we will be taking next week off for Labor Day just to 
relax, uh, take it easy, you know, enjoy Labor Day. So, Dave, not going to be talking wrestling for uh, two weeks, but hopefully within two weeks we're going to have a ton of stuff to talk about coming out of tonight's Monday Night Raw. I'm sure we are. I mean, in the United States there is an upcoming, you know, a, a big point. I don't know exactly when I have to look at myself, but the upcoming renewals for, for the subscriptions for the WWE Network is coming up. And I think, you know, within in two weeks we'll be talking about um, the, the, the possibilities of how good the Night of Champions card potentially is because there's been talk of them stacking it up so that they can get network subscription renewals. And with, okay, with Brock Lesnar on the card, John Cena, you know, main eventing, you know, I, I think that they're really going to load this card up um, to try and get more people to subscribe to the WWE Network and for the, the renewals of subscriptions. I mean, I don't need a reason to renew for a subscription. I, I, have, I have no reason to, 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 re, to renew whatsoever. I'm going to renew automatically. I don't need one. So uh, I think in two weeks we'll be talking about, um, you know, hopefully how this, this storyline is progressive scene on Lesnar and how well the card has been built so far. Yeah, you know, again, I'm, I am really optimistic. And, and like we said on, on previous shows, you know, the good thing about the network, it, it's almost like the WWE is in competition with themselves. And as much as, you know, SummerSlam is the WrestleMania of the summer, you know, they can't have a letdown at Night of Champions. Like, you've got to keep pedal to the metal because they want to continue to sell that network. And you're right. I mean, I'm looking forward to uh, them stacking that card uh uh, come Night of Champions. So hopefully coming out of tonight, we get some real dramatic stuff out of John Cena in this Hall of Fame panel. And uh, we got, we'll have two weeks worth of stuff to, to talk about uh, coming up uh, two weeks from tonight on the Kenry Show. As always, call is brought it tonight. Thank you so much for your continued support. Check us out on the Facebook because we're going to be doing our Monday Night Raw chat as soon as Raw begins, so go to the Facebook. It's facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. See you in two weeks. Have a great Labor Day. For Dave, I am Ken Reedy. Thank you all for tuning in. Good night, everybody.